Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Comics Collective, the comic show where we normally talk about comics, but today we're doing the fun thing where we actually talk to a comic creator. We have with us today writer David Popose, friend of the podcast. So glad to have you back, David. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm excited to be on the show tonight. Yeah, no, it's it's just always a blast, and I'm I'm really glad that Dallas and Lexi couldn't be here so I can hog you all to myself tonight. So I really appreciate that. I get to ask Absolutely. all the fun questions. I'm I'm excited. <laughs> They're lost. Yeah, honestly, yeah, it's okay. They can enjoy listening to this and just soaking in yeah. the knowledge that I got to have all the fun. Um, but speaking of fun, we are doing this interview the week before the debut of your first. Um, full-length Marvel comic. You've already had um, a couple... St- you've had one story show up in Elektra um, and Moon Knight, right? Uh, yeah, Moon, I- Moon Knight will be coming out uh, in June, I believe. Okay, so I'm ahead of the I'm ahead of the curve on Moon Knight. You already have the Elektra one out. Got that issue. I loved it very, very much. Um, you. you have all new, all different Savage Avengers coming out this week. And it is just... Yeah. It was a thrill ride getting that announcement. I was so, so happy for you. And I couldn't believe it because I'm like, this is the absolute perfect book for you. This is this you. <laughs> everything about it just screamed your name even before the name got dropped because I saw the characters. I'm like, this is this has a certain vibe to it. This has a perfect vibe to it. <laughs> and as soon as I realized it was your book, I'm like, OK, yeah, everything, everything clicked together perfectly. Little bow on top absolute perfection so just for everyone listening at home who's going to be heading out to their lcs's this week what can you tell them about what all new all different savage avengers is and just what it's about who's on the team and you know what the general pitch yeah um well the 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 quick pitch for uh savage avengers is uh we really framed it as a sword and sorcery uh terminator across the hyborian age Uh, conan the barbarian uh in recent years has been brought to the modern Marvel universe. And uh, we now somebody has, has taken issue with that. Um, Deathlock, the destroyer, he's a, a cybernetic soldier from the far future. Who's been charged with erasing crimes against the time stream. And that is a, a Conan to a T right now. So Deathlock has come back uh, to our present uh, to uh, erase the problem, to fix the issue. And uh, unfortunately uh, some superheroes get caught in the crossfire and they all, wind up uh, back on Conan's home turf in the Hyborian Age. Uh, so we're very excited uh, about this series and um, and very excited about this cast and this creative team. And uh, I can't wait for readers to, to get to see uh, some of the, the, the fun and crazy stuff we've got in store for them. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, I've had a chance to look ahead at the issue. It is really, really everything you expect and more. When in Just the pitch alone, just having... Um, <laughs> The, the whole aspect of like the future versus the past and having them clash together. It's like everything the like teenage me would have been like drooling at the mouth over. And it's just, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so cool to have that, that aspect in the Marvel universe. And I have to ask about the team because yeah. uh, these characters are so unique. We have Deathlock and Conan, we have Black Knight and Weapon H who I haven't seen in forever. There's Cloak and Dagger, personal childhood favorites of mine. Yep. And of course we have Agent Venom and Electra as Daredevil, and that's such a loaded and very unique cast. If I if I say so myself, it's Thank a you. bunch of characters who I feel like don't often get that chance to shine, and putting them all together in that interesting melting pot, I feel like sparks are going to fly. What can you tell me about how that team came to be and what we can expect yeah. from them going forward? 
So a big um, influence behind my, my cast roster um, was mm-hmm. Al Ewing's Mighty Avengers run. Um, from, oh, yes. Yeah, um, for, during, um, I believe, it was the Infinity crossover. Mm-hmm. And I, that was my first introduction to Al's work. And I was so blown away. You know, I didn't know anything about those characters or very little about the characters. It was, it was Luke Cage, Spectrum, the new Power Man, uh, White Tiger. Um, Superior Spider-Man showed up for like a hot second. Uh, Blade was in a Halloween costume for uh, like the first arc. <laughs> the and, uh, you know, it was it was one of those things like on paper that that roster didn't like make a ton of sense. But when you saw them on the page, it was I, I was so blown away that the character work was so interesting. You seeing the sparks flying off these very unexpected characters. And so I, I, I took that with me um, when uh, my editor, Tom Brevoort, uh, uh, emailed me asking if I had any ideas for Savage Avengers. Uh, the thing I wanted to do was I wanted to speak a little to Jerry Dugan's original run on the series. Uh, if you haven't read it, you don't need to read it to understand our series, but it's just super fun comics. So you should just check it out. Um, but the original uh, roster of that series was Conan teaming up with uh, Punisher, Wolverine, Venom, Elektra, and Dr. Voodoo. And that was kind of the cast for the first arc. And then the, sh- the, the, the series kind of morphed into almost like a Conan team up book. Conan would kind of bop around the Marvel Universe and he'd have an issue or two with Deadpool, uh, an issue with Spider-Man. You know, there were threads tying in with Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom and Kang the Conqueror. And um, so I wanted to speak to to that original roster. And that's how um, uh, uh, Daredevil, uh, Electra Nachos, um, uh, Anti-Venom and uh, Weapon H made it onto the team. I felt they all kind of spoke to that original roster, um, uh, you know, having uh, Electra, a Venom, uh, a Wolverine. Um, and also getting to inject a Hulk in there, which is sort of a, a savage lineage of the Marvel Universe that hadn't made it on the team yet. Oh, yeah. Um, but at the same time, I wanted to also build kind of a little more of a sword and sorcery element, knowing that we were going to bring everybody to the Hyborian Age. Um, and so having people like Cloak and Dagger, whose powers and designs kind of straddle that ground between street-level vigilantes and kind of this Dungeons & Dragons sword and sorcery, um, they look, something about them looks magical and mystical. Um, and sorceress, and meanwhile, Black Knight. Uh, you know, he straddles that really well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've just sort of he's he's the scientist who is obsessed with King Arthur. He's a longtime Avenger. And uh, when I was putting this team together, when I was putting this book together, this was um, it was last summer. Um, so this was before the Eternals movie came out. And I figured, you know, Dane Whitman was going to have his time in the sun. So let's let's capitalize on that. Um, but the thing that really surprised me uh, as I was working on this was. Uh, how much the team kind of clicked together. Like the personalities fit shockingly well. And I think that speaks to, I think the common thread behind the Savage Avengers. A lot of people say, well, Elektra has taken um, a a vow against killing or uh, Cloak and Dagger are not really known for murdering people. And uh, that's 100% accurate. And same thing with, uh, you know, Black Knight when he's not possessed by the Ebony Blade. And my thinking is the Savage Avengers, they have a common thread, which is they're all characters who have struggled with their dark side. Uh, and some are a little bit more successful than others, but that's something that's baked into every single one of our cast's core concepts. And um, they've been kind of carrying their own scars as a result of that. And the, they're going to find the only people that can really understand that pain and get them to the other side of it are people that have been through the same trials and tribulations that they have. And um, that's really, I think, the emotional core of this series. We're able to kind of throw in uh, all sorts of crazy action and really cranking uh, the spectacle up to 11. 
but I think we're able to really ground it in that redemptive climb. Um, all these characters, they do have a dark side and sometimes they, they succumb to it and sometimes they triumph over it. But really the heart of this is how they help each other through it. Um, and so I'm excited for people to really fall in love with these characters as much as I have. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that that is just wow. That is that is incredible. You listen, you say trauma and I'm here for it. We just got done talking about Hellions this week. So like you you tell me these characters have a dark side and I am ready to see that struggle. I think that's something that's so relatable to so many people and that's I can't wait to see which characters succumb to it and which ones kind of, you know, surpass i'm I'm really really intrigued to see where this could go because we get hints of that in the beginning of this first issue and you have some really interesting pair-offs right from the beginning and i think that's the most exciting thing about this i'm so glad you brought up mighty avengers yeah. because that was a, a run for me where i was in like the same boat i read it and i had no real idea who a lot of these characters were it was like my first introduction to blue marvel um right. it was the first real book i read with blade and it was definitely experience to see him wearing a costume that just says spider hero yeah. on the front for a yeah. while and um I think there's something so special, especially the longer you've been reading comics about reading books with characters that you might not know as well as like a Spider-Man or a Captain America. Cause I feel like there's so many different places you can go. And that's just, that's just incredible. Um, I have to ask, is this the team? Um, it's going to be the team for like the first like set. Do you imagine this team changing at all? Or do you imagine them holding it through the long run? This, this, we're keeping this roster. Um, awesome. uh, people, people have asked like, oh, you know, is it, is it going to be, are you going to have them just for one arc and then you're going to switch up? And the answer is no, we're keeping these people. Um, as long as I'm writing this book, this will be our roster. Um, you know, I, I, because of the way that we have structured our adventures, we're able to kind of dance between the raindrops in terms of continuity, um, mm -hmm. which means that, you know, uh, things that we do with Elektra in this run are not going to affect Chip Zdarsky's run on Daredevil. Um, are not going to affect what Rom V and Al Ewing are doing over on Venom uh, with Flash Thompson if 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 he you know a Flash Thompson does show up. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of that that gives us a lot of freedom. But also, you know, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head that like it'd be one thing if I was running with just pure you know Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, Captain Marvel, you know, like the the, mm -hmm. the, the creme de la creme of the main Avengers, um, you know, that kind of that, that gives you certain limitations and certain constraints to work through um, because everybody knows who those characters are. But uh, that's kind of the, 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 the value of my characters on Savage Avengers who um, they've got, I think that they're at least cult favorites. Um, you know, everybody, there, there are contingents for every single one of these people, even Weapon H. Um, but I, I feel like there's a lot of potential that is still waiting underneath the surface. And that's been so much fun for me is figuring out, okay, we know their histories, we know their personalities, we know kind of um, how they might play off of one another, but seeing their powers and figuring out, oh, there's some implications here that people haven't addressed yet. Um, and seeing how they might bounce off of somebody who doesn't know them, they might learn something about themselves. Um, you know, a, a, an example that I really, I, I think about a lot is um, Cloak and Dagger. Um, they're 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 my some of my favorite characters. I've wanted them to be Avengers uh, for 15 years. Uh, I, I, ever since ever since uh, Civil War and um, the uh, Dark X Men uh, uh, crossover, oh, yes. I was like, these guys are ready for the big time. They they deserve they deserve that shot at, at for the brass ring. And so I've been thinking for a long time. You know, um, uh, Tandy, uh, you know, she creates light daggers for those who aren't familiar with uh, daggers powers. But my thinking is well. What else can she make 
with using uh, the light force. And so that's something that we're going to be addressing a lot in this series is, uh, you know, maybe she can kind of create constructs almost like a Kyle Rayner Green Lantern um, or uh, Cloak, for example, um, something that I talked early on with my uh, with my collaborator and artist, uh, Carlos Magno, is I said, I want you to look at Spawn's cape. Um, see how that's a prehensile cape? Let's do that for Cloak. So he's able to use the dark force to manipulate his cape. Um, and that kind of gives him some really cool opportunities because suddenly now he's a range fighter. Um, but he's also somebody who, you know, Cloak and Dagger, they fight with portals. I mean, these are these are people that have been fighting side by side for many years. And so Dagger just jumps into Cloak and pops out somewhere else. Um, and that's kind of like, that's a cool dynamic to play with. Um, and the fun thing is we're basically doing that with almost every character in the book. Um, I think every single character here has hidden depths uh, to them, if not in powers, then certainly in character. And uh, that's been really fun for me as a creator to get to explore. Um, you know, just in, in certain ways, we filled out uh, very interesting archetypes and very interesting roles for each one of these characters. And so um, it's a little like the Breakfast Club in that way. Um, you know, seeing how these characters might bounce off each other, you know, that they might not normally have met. Um, another thing that I really enjoy, for example, is uh, Black Knight and uh, Weapon H. Um, they kind of have like the opposite of whatever uh, Wonder Man and Beast's friendship is. <laughs> um, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it's very much, you know, it, calling them the jock and the nerd is like probably reductive. But like, it's just, you have this guy, Weapon H, who like is very, very powerful and he has no interest in this superhero stuff. Like all he he's he's like Roy Kent meets Jason Bourne. Um, mm -hmm. He does not want anything to do with this superhero stuff. And meanwhile, like Black Knight is like super earnest. He's literally a dude who like dressed up in a suit of armor because he loves like King Arthur so much. Um, and so there, that's kind of like oil and water. And so when they're like forced to like interact with each other, it's like very funny to me. Um, and that's like the, that's what I have a lot of fun with in this series. And I'm hoping that readers will really pick up on some of the kind of, kind of the unexpected partnerships uh, as we throw these characters uh, into hot water together. I, I like that so much. I just, I just want to say, I really appreciate like how much enthusiasm you bring to these characters. I love the, the ingenuity that you're bringing when you start talking about the different ways cloaks cloak and dagger and be using their powers i started getting giddy um i had like like chills that's that's the fun stuff that i i love i love to see that i love when it doesn't feel like the book is gonna be like just another paint by the numbers thing it feels like a writing team a creative team is actually taking full advantage of all these wonderful characters that they're going to play with and that's that sounds so exciting to me you the weapon h and black knight dynamic is definitely very present in this first issue are there any others that are really like that you're really excited to get people to see mm. going forward or is that a little too yeah bothering? well no 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 um i can uh, flash thompson is a very fun character to me um mm -hmm. and he he plays off a lot of people in this squad in, in very interesting ways I, he kind of reminds me of um the way that hawkeye used to be in like the classic avengers series okay where he's kind of like you know i mean he he's sort of this loudmouth who like kind of ticks people off but you know he always kind of shows up exactly when he needs to show up um flash might be my favorite character of the roster um to to write uh, just because like he's got layers to him um you know I, I i've always said like 
he's been many things, you know, he's been a soldier, he's been an alcoholic, he's been an amputee, he's been a football star. But like when you boil Flash Thompson down to like his core, the first time you ever meet him, he's like kind of a D-bag, but he's our D-bag. And that's kind of how I have approached Flash. Um, and, and he's so fun. Watching him like just like trash talk his own teammates, like just makes me laugh. We're, we're, I'm, I'm doing the lettering pass on uh, our fourth issue right now. And uh, I'm pretty sure we get to keep a line in that that I think is like the single funniest insult I've ever written in a comic. Um, and it's definitely coming out of Flash's mouth. So I, uh, I, uh, it, he's, he's very fun. And, and, and there's some dynamics that he kind of seeds in with this series that um, I think is kind of the heart of the book. Um, but the, the, you know, that's been kind of the fun thing about writing this. Uh, I, I'm working on our second arc right now and okay. <laughs> watching how the team kind of morphs and evolves. Um, it reminds me a little bit of um, the first Avengers movie where you would see the, the team kind of split up into pairs oftentimes. Um, and then you would see them kind of switch off as the movie progressed, um, where you'd say, oh, okay, like you're seeing Black Widow teaming up with Cap now, or you're seeing Black Widow interact with Iron Man, or you're seeing Hulk and Black Widow, you know? And that's something that like, as the series has been progressing, I'm like, oh, what's a pair that I haven't like done lately? Um, I just wrote something very interesting with, um, uh, uh, Electra and Black Knight, they're going to have some very interesting dynamics together that when I was writing the series at first, I had, I couldn't have even like conceived it. But as I was sort of in their heads for a while, I was realizing like, oh, they actually have some surprising things in common. Um, and, and in certain ways, kind of act like the mom and dad of this team. Um, because, you know, they're 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 a little bit more experienced and a little bit more disciplined than uh, some of the loose cannons that uh, that that are, uh, are are going around underfoot with them. Oh, I'm trying to imagine Electra mom trying to reel in like a Conan. That that's a that's a great yeah. image. Yes, yes, um, uh, yeah. It's 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 definitely uh, Electra's the best. I I I, I love yeah. writing Electra. Um, she's kind of like my grant morrison batman um mm. in a lot of ways um, okay you know she's she's by far the most capable person on the squad she knows exactly right. what she's doing but she's recently taken a vow not to kill so mm -hmm. for electra it's kind of like walking into combat with one arm tied behind her back all the time mm -hmm. but like that's all pretty relative like electra with one arm tied behind her back is still much like more competent than most people um <laughs> And so she's, she's like a little grouchy um, as a result of all that. I'm sure if she was just like, I'll kill people, she'd probably feel a little better about it. But uh, instead, she's got this like very rigid uh, expectation for herself. And, um, and she kind of holds the rest of the team to, I think, a little bit of a higher standard. Um, but uh, Electra, she, uh, she steals some scenes. Um, I, I, I feel like she and flash are in like kind of a steal off in this series with like, with like Dane, like kind of coming up as, as like a dark horse third, third place. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, um, it's fun. It's just fun watching these, oh. these, oh, these yeah. characters get to click together. Oh yeah. There are some agent venom fans out there who are going to be very, very excited because they have not been fed in a while. So that's, yes. that's good to know. Um, talking a lot about the team, 
how about Deathlock as an antagonistic force? Because there's a lot of big bads that could take on a team like this. And to me, seeing Deathlock being that first that first opponent they have to come together against was interesting. Because I didn't know a lot about Deathlock, but after this first issue, I was just floored with how well that you. you guys all used him, and it was just instantly like okay he's one of my favorites now <laughs> this is incredible how did you how did you bring that about how did you figure out like all the ways that you can make this one cyborg from the future stand up against the savage avengers um yeah you know it's one of those things um deathlock was the very first element of this series that i <laughs> asked for um it's funny i've been emailing with marvel for for a while um since my first book uh, spencer and Locke, came out in 2017 um, so this has been a long time coming. And uh, Tom Brevoort, uh, my editor on this book, uh, was actually the first editor to ever respond to me. And uh, I remember we were talking early on and he was like, what are the characters that you like? And I remember distinctly telling him uh, Deathlock and Cloak and Dagger um, uh, in, that, in that email. And I think it's because, um, I, you know, I'm a 90s kid. I, I, I grew up reading Maximum Carnage. Um, and that was my introduction to Deathlock, uh, the, 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 the Michael Collins incarnation that Dwayne McDuffie came up with. And um, I love the idea of this, like, uh, uh, lifelong pacifist waking up in the body of this, like, killer military cyborg. And they kind of have to figure out, like, what's the middle ground for them ethically, which is, is non-lethal superhero violence, you know, as, as, mm -hmm. as, as it goes. Um, but I love the idea that the, the conflict is inherently baked in, in, into the character. Um, but as I got older, you know, I saw some creators doing some really interesting stuff with Deathbox, um, Rick Remender and Jason Aaron, um, you know. They've, they've shown Deathlock both as sort of this sinister force from the future. Um, you know, they've had Planet Deathlock. They've had uh, um, uh, a, a, Weapon a Weapon X story uh, where Deathlock is coming and, like, killing people in, in the past. But they've also shown, like, the multiversal peacekeeping force of the Deathlock army, which is going on in uh, Jason's uh, current run on Avengers and uh, Avengers Forever, which is kind of what we're tying into a little bit. Uh, okay. Avengers. Mm -hmm. Um, our Deathlock is a member of the Deathlock army, um, and he's been charged with um, uh, cleaning up crimes against the time stream, uh, which Conan is sort of public enemy number one, as far as that's concerned. And um, I, I love the thing, uh, the thing I love about Deathlocks also is that they're very unpredictable. And they're also like a fun continuity band-aid uh, because you can send them through time. They can do all sorts of things uh, to, to the, the, the tapestry of the Marvel universe. Um, so I've always loved Deathlock and I've had a lot of ideas for Deathlock. And so um, when Tom asked me, do you have any ideas for Savage Avengers? I had a moment where like, there was like internal screaming in my head. I was just like, why me? Like, you know, why did they ask? Why do they want me to do this book? And I realized it's the mashup book, you know, like, and I, that's all I write. I love writing mashups. And I thought, you know, Conan, what could be like a cool thing for Conan? Conan versus the Terminator could be really cool. And Deathlock kind of serves in that role. But, um, I've actually found that um, Deathlock really transcends that. Um, you know, mm -hmm. there's, there's uh, in part because uh, you know these are these are resurrected corpses that have been sort of conscripted as cyborgs into, into service, and there's a lot of sinister implications behind that that we, we get to delve into into some fun ways. But also, um, like you said, there's uh, they're from the future, so there's a really fun like combat suite of of of, of uh, items that Deathlock can use. And so I was thinking the whole time. Deathlock versus Conan on paper, that is an even match. You throw in a bunch of superheroes, though, how do I stack the deck? And so I thought, like, I just wrote down, like, a whole list, like, a whole laundry list. I was like, if I want to make somebody, like, super overpowered, what would I give them? And so, you know, our Deathlock, he's got stuff like, um, 
you know, Taskmaster fight software. Um, he's got like okay. a gamma battery. He's got like a blade made out of carbonadium. Um, just like stuff that will like, one thing on its own could like wreck you, but then like he's got like a whole suite of stuff that'll wreck you. It's a little bit like the Predator in that way. Um, and uh, that was actually a big influence on this book as well. Batman versus Predator, oh, uh, yes. Robocop versus Terminator. You know, those, those are fantastic books. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I just, and, and there, there are going to be lots more tricks and, and, uh, up Deathlock sleeves, um, that's really going to make him like go toe to toe with like a whole squad of superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got layers. Uh, you know, I think there, there are things about his mission that even he's not aware of, and we will, we will be aware of them, uh, in, in the months to come. Um, and I think it'll really, uh, turn the series on its ear. That, that is so exciting. I, I, for everyone listening at home, if you get through the scene where Deathlock fights the Savage Avengers for the first time, and you're not picking up the second issue strictly to see what he can do next, I don't know what to tell you. I I think you're a lost cause at that point. You don't like fun. It's okay. You'll be okay, but I won't be okay. You need to you need to check this out. And I'm so glad you brought up Predator, because I was just that first page, I was instantly taken back to like Predator 2. And I'm like, Oh, I'm a teenager again. And I love Predator 2. That's my favorite out of the out of the thing. And I think it's because my introduction to the character was Batman versus Predator. And gosh. um, And so yeah, this idea of like this, this like cloaked stalker, you know, just like haunting you down. um, I was just like, Oh, that's dope. Um, (laughs) Just makes it makes the character like that much scarier and that Mm -hmm. much harder. Yeah, and that scene was paneled so, so well. What can you tell me about the team you're working with and everyone who's on this book with you? Because they did some phenomenal work. Yeah, um, so yeah, I'm working with artist Carlos Magno on the book, Mm -hmm. and he is just an artist's artist. I I can't say enough good things about Carlos. Um, He has a style that I I, I think bridges the gap between um, like a Brian Hitch and a Phil Jimenez. Uh, He's got that that bombastic, cinematic, larger-than-life, dynamism of a Brian Hitch, uh, you know, widescreen storytelling is, is, is the way they've, they've described it. But he's also got the fine detail work of a Phil Jimenez. It's almost like that George Perez school. Like you can see it in his, in the way he inks his pages. You can see it in his expression work. You can see it when, you know, Conan is like fighting like a set cult and, you know, the basement of a club and there's just skulls everywhere. And there's like snakes, uh, you know, snake statues everywhere. And you just see cultists with like just their hoods on all over the place. Um, a lot of artists would be like, oh, that is like a drag. I do not want to draw that. Um, Carlos loves drawing that stuff. Uh, and, and I love watching Carlos draw that stuff. Um, Carlos also, like, I think he comes to this with a really interesting knowledge base. Um, you know, I, I came to this, uh, at, you know, my, my knowledge of Marvel history is, is, is pretty in-depth. But, um, you know, I, I, I learned about Conan. You know, I was, I was doing a lot of reading on that. Um, whereas uh, Carlos is a diehard Conan fan. Um, he's wanted to draw Conan. He's probably bugged uh, uh, Tom about Conan for a while. And so uh, he was very excited to get to draw a Conan book. And you can see it every time Conan shows up on the page. Um, you can see that Carlos is really like leaving it all out in the field uh, when, whenever Conan shows up. But uh, that's not the only character that he's good at drawing. Um, Cloak is really a big standout for me. Um, I think the way that Carlos draws Cloak is probably the coolest that Ty has ever looked. Um, uh, or if, if not, it's got to be like a top three. You know, I, I, it's it's fantastic. Um, 
And I will say he does some really cool stuff with anti-venom as well. Um, particularly uh, when uh, Flash turns into his more feral form. Um, mm-hmm. You know, John Romita Jr. and Klaus Janssen did that initial design, and it's hard to replicate. Uh, that's my puppy Ruby in the background. She <laughs> agrees. It's very hard to replicate. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, she just got back from daycare. Um, but, like, Carlos tackled Anti-Venom in such an interesting way that is, is really uniquely his own. And I was so just bowled over when I saw it that I was like, oh, I have to figure it. Like, I have to figure out more ways to, like, inject that into the series just to see Carlos draw that some more. Um, but he's just, he's a really just a, a tremendous artist. Um, and and the thing is, it, it would be enough that he's so talented. But he draws like a demon. I mean, he is so fast. He draw, he drew, uh, he dropped off, I think, like 10 pages of inks the other day. Um, like, just was like, yeah, here you go, I'm done. Um, and he's so gracious to boot, which I think mm-hmm. is the thing I really appreciate uh, in my collaborator. Um, you know, I, this is my first, this, this was my first Marvel assignment. Um, you know, my, my Electra work actually came much later in the game um, okay. on, I think, on the strength of Savage Avengers. And um, Carlos has been extremely patient, extremely gracious, extremely good-natured uh, anytime that I've got a bunch of questions or anytime that I'm like, oh, hey, can we make a tweak? Um, you know, I, I, I couldn't be uh, more grateful to, to be in such good hands uh, for my first Marvel work. Um, and I'm working also with um, uh, Espen uh, uh, Gruntajern um, on Colors. Espen worked uh, with uh, Carlos on King the Conqueror, the recent miniseries that came out uh, earlier in the year, Mm -hmm. Uh, or maybe it was last year. Um, So they've worked together, and they kind of know each other's strengths. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that kind of makes me feel a little bit better. Um, It's sort of, it's it's one less thing that's on my shoulders. Um, And and Travis Lanham, our letterer, um, uh, you know, who uh, I I owe him either a drink or a purple heart um, because, you know, (laughs) he he juggles a little, I write a lot and he, he, he juggles it um, uh, with, with uh, 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 no complaint. Um, So he's, he's, he's a straight up guy, but also I really want to, you know, I want to shout out um, the editorial team on this book because I really, I see them um, as, as, as both creative shepherds on this book, but also like just really important collaborators uh, in, in, in their own right. Um, uh, Tom Brevoort and Annalise Bisa and Martin Biro. Um, I, I can't say enough good things about working with them. Um, I, I really feel like I've leveled up as a writer, um, just kind of mm-hmm. learning from them, um, particularly Tom, um, who uh, I, I know he would never accept the compliment, but I, 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 I think of him as like an editorial Jedi master. Um, that, that for a guy who uh, assuredly has a lot of projects on his plate, um, he consistently takes the time to give really good notes. Um, when I when I initially pitched this series, um, I had said, you know, Conan versus the Terminator would be great, but like here's five different angles that we could take on this series with five different rosters. You know, if you don't like that, um, I heard a 15 page document when I first pitched this series, and Tom read the whole thing. And he gave me good notes on the whole thing. Um, and that was kind of when I was like, oh, this is going to be different. Um, so, yeah, Tom really, um, he strikes that balance between, like, being an amazing creative resource. You know, I I often will gut check things off of him. Um, I'll often ask, is, is such a thing available? Because I don't always know kind of what's going on in every corner of the of, of the Marvel offices. Mm-hmm. And he does. Um, but also he gives me an immense amount of latitude. 
Um, I can count on one hand the number of things that I've asked for that that I wasn't allowed to do. Um, and uh, and usually it was either this character is being used or this character has a design, let's use it. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it's... Uh, uh, I can't say enough good things about him. Um, and and uh, I, I, I've really appreciated the latitude that he's given me and sort of the chances that he's given me uh, between uh, between Savage Avengers. And I've worked with him um, on uh, a two-parter on Fantastic Four. It's going to be coming out shortly, uh, my Moon Knight story, and uh, one other project that uh, hopefully we'll be announcing later in the summer. Ooh. That's yeah. I was going to ask if you were working on anything else for for them. Are you working on anything? Just just a quick sidetrack. Um, yeah. One other project for Marvel. Are you working on anything not for Marvel right now? Any more indie stuff at the moment? Yes, or? I, I am working on some some indie stuff. Uh, we're getting the OZ out the door for our mm-hmm. uh, our second Kickstarter. Uh, the art nice. is finished. Uh, we just got a print proof. We're making some minor uh, adjustments to the color uh, to to accommodate for that. Um, so we should have that out to the printer, uh, hopefully by the end of the week. Um, I am working on another indie book that I think we'll be announcing probably in the summer. Um, uh, it's my uh, first stab at horror. Um, oh, what? So very excited about that. Um, I'm about halfway finished to that series now. Um, and uh, yeah, and then a few other things that are sort of uh, been been percolating for a while um, that are starting to come to fruition. Um, so it's going to be a busy couple of years, uh, which I'm very excited about. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say uh, I'd say uh, about 80% of my bandwidth right now is over at Marvel, and then um, uh, sort of chipping away at my creator-owned stuff uh, uh, when I in between scripts. Nice. That is that is amazing. I love hearing that you're busy. That's so great. I love everything that you put to put to page. So more okay. goodies for us is always good news. Thank you so much for that. And to go back for a second. Yeah, we did get that announcement this week about that upcoming Fantastic Four story, where you described it as Susan Storm meets Die Hard in the Baxter building. Yeah. What can you tell us about that series coming up? I'm very excited about that one. Um, uh, you know, Tom reached out and uh, said, hey, you know, we're doing um, a tie-in for um, Axe Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I, I they, they told me a little bit about the broad strokes of the series. And they said, you know, we'd love to to do something for the Fantastic Four. And we have two issues. And so um, very quickly, I was kind of like, you know, Tom and I both kind of independently said, you know, we'd really love to do something with Sue Storm. Um, you know, I think Sue's my favorite of, of the Fantastic Four. I think she's very underrated. Um, but I think her powers, um, they have a lot of implications. Uh, and I feel like the more the times that I can say somebody's powers have implications, the more interested I am in, in, in tackling them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, very quickly, the idea of sort of um, uh, Die Hard in the Baxter building with uh, Sue as John McClane and Weebly at Midas as Hans Gruber. Um, I was like, oh, that's that's a done deal. Um, and, and we can thank Tom uh, for uh, for uh, Weebly at Midas. Uh, we were sort of batting around a bunch of different villains for a while, and none of them really clicked. And he said, what about her? And I immediately was like, that's it. That's the story. That is the story right there. I, I immediately figured out like the, the motivations and the themes and the ending of the series just in that email. Um, so... It's really fun, but you know, it's it, it's Sue is really leading the story, but it, it is an ensemble piece um, in, in sort of the way that the original Die Hard was. Um, you know, we get to see 
as Weebliet takes over the Baxter building, kind of what happens to the rest of the, the Fantastic Four and, and some of the straits they find themselves in. And um, at the end of the day, this is sort of their challenge is can they rise to the occasion? Um, and uh, the thing that I really like most that I'll, I'll give you a little a little tease on this Ooh, yes. um, is that um, while this uh, issue or while this story um, focuses on Sue and Sue gets the lion's share of the, of the action and, mm-hmm. and, and, and the page count, um, it's actually told uh, through Reed's perspective. Um, and so it's kind of, uh, the way I would describe it is, as a, as a, as a, as a cosmic love story. Um, and, uh, yeah, seeing that, you know, really at the end of the day, Reed Richards, uh, you know, he's, he's blessed with many gifts and, uh, he has many superpowers, but there's no superpower that he has more than his wife. Um, and so that's really kind of the heart of the story in, in a lot of ways. Um, and that really is kind of the counterpoint between, um, Sue and Weebliette is at the end of the day, Sue is somebody who is all about her family. Um, that's her strength. That's her, her fuel. That's her motivation. And Weebliette is somebody who's kind of making her way through the world with the absence of that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it, it was just really a, a, a lot of fun. I'm working with uh, artist Juan Cabal on it. And Juan is, uh, He's got to be one of the most talented artists I've ever worked with. Um, he really, he's a consummate storyteller um, and a very talented one at that. Um, he just, uh, there are so many times where I'll see pages that he turns in and he'll like add in a little flourish that like makes, that's way better than what I had written um, and and makes the thing so much more interesting. Um, he had a little, a little bit in there um, on a page that I was like, Oh, like what was, what was the, the, this choice? And he was like, Oh, this, like, this is, this nod to die hard. I was like, yeah, that's it. Nope. I'm <laughs> with it. Um, um, incredibly talented. He's got this very clean and cinematic style to him, um, which I think is just uh, really incredible. And I, I'm so lucky to be working with him. Um, and I can tell you the way that he draws these characters is just, I mean, uh, Particularly, you know, he he only gets you know limited a bit in the story, but uh, Ben Grimm, um, I think we were all very impressed when we saw Ben show up uh, uh, in the story. And uh, Weebliet, he has so much fun. I, you know, he's a big Marvel boy fan, as am I, and so we both kind of bonded over that and Die Hard. And so, um, yeah, Juan's terrific, and I can't say enough good things about him. And I can't wait for people to see uh, the crazy magic that he's been uh, conjuring up on this book. Ooh, yeah, full pun intended. This sounds fantastic. It's just, it's everything I've been wanting for a while. I've loved Sue too. Um, she never gets the time in the sun, and I'm so glad that she's going to get it here. Um, Die Hard's a big influence for this. Are we going to get a lot of references to the movie here? Is is Sue going to get to say the Wait. line, or <laughs> she's going she to do say the? It, um, uh, oh yes, okay. She's going to say well. I'll riff on it, I'll say. Okay, um, good. Uh, there, there are certain words I'm not allowed to say in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, you know, we, we've we got some pretty cool, pretty fun riffs uh, uh, on it. Um, some nice nods and Easter eggs. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, I think the thing that I love so much about this is it's really kind of, it's it's a weird jam band story. Um, because, you know, we we do bounce between all four characters in, in some way uh, in, in mm-hmm. each of the issues. And so... Um, you know, seeing how 
how Johnny deals with this, uh, this hostage situation. Um, because you know, he needs adult supervision. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, uh, seeing how he kind of reacts to all this without adult supervision. Like I find that very funny. Um, whereas like Ben, Ben is, he's the rock, you know, and seeing kind of the way that his just unquenchable human spirit, uh, reacts to all this is like a high point of the book for me. Um, and, you know, getting to see kind of Reed and Sue, seeing how their relationship fuels them and drives them and has made them grow as human beings. Um, you know, Reed kind of talks about it, talks about it more overtly, whereas with Sue, you get to see it in action. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's just, it's, a. I think it's it's probably one of the most complex things I've written, uh, certainly at Marvel. Um, and I think honestly, it's amongst some of the it's amongst one of the favorite stories I've ever written. Um, so I'm very uh, I can't wait for people to get to see this. There is um, nothing because, that excites uh, me more than than yeah, knowing we're packing that. a that lot is... of story and spectacle and character work in 40 pages. <sighs> um, and uh, I can't wait for people to see it. <laughs> character work and the Fantastic Four my favorite words put side by side. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm most interested by the fact that you say this is from Reed's perspective. I'm really, I'm really here to see what we Reed has to say about Sue going full John McClane. That's, that's really fascinating to me. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I, I, I always took offense to the idea that Reed didn't love his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think, I think uh, having a partner that you love and respect and trust, um, that's how you reach for the stars. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the, the perspective that I brought to this, um, is that uh, Reed Richards loves his wife. Um, and you will find out exactly why in this book. Good. We like we like to see Reed be a good family man and to prove that he is because yeah. that goes around a lot, a lot on the Twitter sphere. So that's that's awesome. There's um, I was gonna ask, I forgot one thing. I was gonna ask about this one. Oh, since it is a tie-in to Axe, about how involved should fans expect this one to be? Like, how much do you need to know about what's going on with Judgment Day as a whole to really get invested in the story? Uh, we'll explain. Uh, every, everything okay. you need to know, we'll explain. Uh, everything you need to know, we'll actually explain on uh, the first page. Um, so, uh, yes, um, you know, it's one of those things that I would absolutely recommend reading it just because, like, I think it'll be fun. Um, yeah. you know, uh, Kieran Gillen and, and Valerio uh, Shady, they're, they're great um, creators and uh, very talented. And that was the thing that I was so excited about was um, kind of seeing the way that Kieran built out this event. Um, you know, when they sort of told me what it was about and, 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 and the themes and how these, these tie-in books would, you know, would, um, would map that, I was like, oh, that's really cool and really considerate. Um, you know, I, I don't want to spoil anything about the series in part, cause there's only a limited amount that I do know about the series, but, um, <laughs> suffice to say that these tie-ins, um, this is an event that really is very generous, um, uh, for tie-in books where it really does kind of organically let creators put characters through their paces uh, in a way that is both action-packed and character-driven. Um, and so uh, I'm very, it, it's, it's. Uh, I told Kieran that he was very generous 
with this concept. And uh, uh, I, I, I'm excited to see where, what are, where, where all the other books take it. Oh, that's so, so amazing. And yeah, both of these books sound absolutely fantastic. I think if you're not pulling these, I need to come to your house and knock some sense into you because you need to you need to listen. These are going to be amazing, amazing stories. And I'm so excited to see everything that you do at Marvel Next. Do you have any, because already you've done, you, you've been doing this for just a little bit now. You've already got the Avengers and the Fantastic Four under your belt. Do you have any big checklist characters that you want to knock off at some point in the yeah. future yeah um i'd love to write dr strange someday but he's like he's my real bucket list um, mm-hmm. um iron man could be really fun um although you know uh you, you run into that trap that i ran into with reed which is you're you know when you're writing a very smart character it takes like three times as long to write them oh um, my gosh yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, uh but um yeah, I would love to write. I would love to write those. Um, I do have kind of a bucket list thing that I actually did get to write um, that I uh, I'm excited for readers to get to hear more about later this year. Um, uh, it was a, a very fun uh, uh, and unexpected opportunity um, that I, I had a, a real blast working on. Um, but yeah, you know, for now, I'm just kind of, you know, I, I'm really, um, I'm in the trenches on on uh, Savage Avengers. Um, I had to kind of shift gears a little bit to tackle Fantastic Four and uh, this other project that I keep teasing. Um, but uh, now that uh, my writing uh, responsibilities are done on both of those, I've kind of got, I've switched back gears. Um, and so we've got some fun stuff planned uh, for uh, for uh, Arc 2 of, uh, of Savage Avengers. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, if the stories are there and hopefully if the audience is there, uh, maybe we'll have some more fun stuff uh, down the down the road for them as well. Good. I love hearing that. Is there any hint you can give us towards where Savage Avengers is going to be going for Arc 2? Or is that completely in the dark for right now? All I can say is, um, you know, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And... Uh, Suffice to say that uh, Deathlock upsetting the apple cart is going to have some ramifications um, uh, that we will uh, we will find out uh, in, in, in issues to come. So, so very exciting. That is, that's incredible, David. Thank you so much for, for coming on here and for answering all of my fun questions. It's just so thrilling to talk about you because just from the way you talk about these characters it reminds me why i love comics i hope everyone at home is feeling nice and refreshed about it too and ready to check out these series when they launch um savage avengers again launching this week make sure you check that out um fantastic four is dropping in august i believe yep august and september yep yep Awesome. And yeah, I'm so excited to see everything you do next. And I'm already like just ready for issue two of Savage Avengers. It cannot come fast enough. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. And thanks for your support. And um, yeah, yeah. If anybody uh, is interested in the books, just tell your local comic shop to pre-order Savage Avengers, Fantastic Four, uh, Mm -hmm. and Moon Knight, Black, White, and Blood. Perfect. Thank you so much. Are there any other final pitches you would like to, to send out? Where can people find you on social media? Yeah, they can follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Pepos D. It's my last name, first initial, or David Pepos Comics on Facebook. Or they can subscribe to my newsletter, Pep Talks, at uh, bit.ly slash pep news. Or uh, visit my website at davidpepos.com. Okay, awesome. 
Thank you so much again. And everyone listening, I hope you have a wonderful night. And please make sure you come in to check out our show later this week on the Dark Phoenix Saga with our friend Doug from From Every Kind of Geek. For Every Kind of Geek. I always mess up your name, Doug, and I'm so sorry. I don't know why my brain does it. I think I just learned it wrong and my brain refuses to unlearn it. Anyways, thank you again, David. And I, for everyone listening, have a good night.